very much a character-driven story, and we have right. emotional characters in it, but we've tried to base it with science-based facts so that people are really educated and understand, you know, what Lyme disease is, but also what the problem is and why after 50 years, you know, there's still no um, accurate tasks, tests. Uh, the medical community is still pushing back on a disease that, you know, there's over 500,000 people every year getting Lyme disease and probably, you know, 10 to 20% of them might have lingering symptoms. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Woodstock Film Festival Let's Talk Film podcast. I'm your host, Adam Shartoff. Established in 2000, the Woodstock Film Festival is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization that nurtures and supports emerging and established filmmakers sharing their creative voices through an annual festival and year-round programming to promote culture, diversity, community, educational opportunities, and economic growth. The 24th annual festival takes place September 27th to October 1st, 2023. So my guests today are filmmakers Lindsay Keys and Chris Hedges. Welcome to the podcast. Lindsay Keys is a director, producer, cinematographer, and photographer based. Uh, I'm going to say, it, it says here the desert outside of Los Angeles. But I'm going to say New Orleans. Right now I'm in New Orleans, but I, th I might be back in the desert soon. So I guess like, yeah, I'm not based okay. anywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> okay. She has shot still and motion content for clients ranging from Bernie Sanders to the Whitney Museum. Her photography has been exhibited internationally, published in the New York Times, Time Out Magazine, Interview Magazine, and auction at Christie's. While attending Wesleyan University, Lindsay's health began deteriorating with no explanation. Upon getting a diagnosis of Lyme disease in 2015, she began working on the quiet epidemic and spent the next seven years dedicated to its completion. This is her first feature film. Chris Hedges has been directing, shooting, and editing films for over four decades. In 2002, she was awarded the prestigious Directors Guild Award, or DGA Award, for Startup.com, along with D.A. Pennebaker. Chris has directed the 1992 Academy Award-nominated film The War Room. Chris is governor of the documentary branch of the Academy of Motion Pictures. Tell me first, and whoever wants to start, uh, I guess I'll just say, uh, Lindsay, you start. Uh, tell me about your experience bringing uh, the Quiet Epidemic to the Woodstock Film Festival. So the Quiet Epidemic had a pretty robust circuit, and we were all over the country. And we always say when reflecting back on that time that, Woodstock was definitely a highlight. I think there was a real sense of community there and togetherness, which didn't exist at some of the other festivals. So it was really nice. You know, the, the speaker series were amazing to go be able to hang out and listen to, you know, people who have been in this field for much longer than I have speak about their experiences. Um, I didn't feel so alone. <laughs> in the challenges of and the excitement as well of documentary filmmaking so that was really nice and yeah I think I think that was just what was really nice about Woodstock was just actually having contact with other filmmakers it sounds so obvious but a lot of the festivals that we went to just didn't have that so what was your health uh like by the time you're showing the film <laughs> at, at festivals like Woodstock yeah. how was your health well 
I mean, <laughs> I had COVID four times during what? in one in one year. So yeah, I mean, Lyme disease compromises your immune system, and it was really wow. it was really hard to. I had to choose. I had to choose between staying at home and prioritizing my health, which I'm just not very good at, <laughs> and going out and touring the film. I mean, even, even our festival premiere, which was at hot dogs. I mean, I considered not going and I got COVID there too. So it was a really hard time. I mean, Chris can attest to this. Remember at the Hamptons international film festival, I, we got back to Chris's house and she was like, you need to go lie down. And I just face planted. I mean, it was exhausting. It was so gratifying and exciting, but I feel like I was kind of just like the walking dead and the picture, some of the pictures are a little frightening where I'm just, I look like a ghost, but yeah, so it was, you know, I, my health definitely took a hit going to all festivals, but I'm really glad that I did it. I can't imagine having missed out on that experience. So. Well, you mentioned the sense of community in the Woodstock Film Festival. It also happens location-wise, be another hotspot for Lyme disease. I live, I live pretty close in the Hudson Valley and you know, there's always we always have ticks on us, on the dog, everything. Yeah, we when we were walking around, you know, just everyone wanted to know what are you here for, and whenever we would mention the film, I mean, Chris, right? Like, what percentage of people said to us, "Oh, I either they themselves or someone very close to them was didn't just have acute Lyme, had very serious long term Lyme disease," and so that was. I don't know why I'm still surprised, but I am. I'm still shocked that this is this epidemic is as big as it is and that it's just remained kind of in the shadows for so long, you know, and that's why we made the film to try to to change that. Shed light on the shadows, yeah. Chris, um, can you talk a little bit about your relationship historically with the Woodstock Film Festival? I don't know beyond this film exactly what you and and or you and Penny's relationship with the Woodstock Film Festival was. Uh, yeah, we have a long relationship with the festival. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've gone to it, you know, from yeah. early on. And, and very early on, Penny and I got some, you know, career award, which was probably next to the Bong Award that we got from the High Times Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> the most original <laughs> awards we've gotten, uh, let's just say, had barbed wire on it and the other had a steak <laughs> not a steak steak a steak kind of going through um some materials that kind of looked like it could be a roll of film but anyway <laughs> they were wonderful and you know it was a small intimate festival in the beginning and um uh you know through the years it's really grown and i i just loved going there with uh, the quiet epidemic. I mean, so many filmmakers have moved to the Woodstock area. It already was a super creative area, you know, with musicians. And definitely I had just shot at a studio up there um, the year, a couple of years before. So, you know, it was like showing films to, to friends. And then also, you know, the community was so invested in you know, learning about Lyme disease, like Lindsay said, you know, so many people had it. And it's always incredibly emotional when we show the film, because for somebody, at least a lot of the audience who've had chronic Lyme, you know, it's the first time they've really been seen or heard or 
the parents or friends who didn't believe them, you know, really see the extent of, you know, what this epidemic has really become. As a kid, I was very eager. I was very active. I loved to dance. But those things about me started to change. Even though I knew something was wrong, I never imagined it would be this. Empty meds. Those are all full. This is what life became. There are more cases than HIV and breast cancer combined. Right now my hands are burning. You could do all the right things and get bit by a tech, and it'll change your world forever. I was having a lot of patients coming into my office with bullseye rashes, and about 80% would get better with antibiotics, but 20% would not. Here's a disease that's affecting a lot of people, can be costly, and there's been a very active effort to define not Lyme disease away, but chronic Lyme disease away. They saw nothing wrong in the laboratory test, and they figured she must be faking it. This is one of the most controversial, divisive debates in medicine today. The Lyme disease bacteria is definitely one of the smartest on the planet who knows how to change forms. Every doctor I've been to is saying, it's all yeah. in your head. You still have these doctors who are digging their heels in the sand. If you can image this, I'm not sure there's a controversy anymore. You have your answer. You're not going crazy. You're not going crazy. How many people go through this and then just go home and suffer in silence? Since you've shown it in, in other festivals as well that are maybe not in such hot spots as, like, say, the Hamptons or Woodstock Film Festival, is everybody like one degree separated from Lyme disease anyway, or chronic Lyme disease as, it, as the film um, describes the uh, condition? Yeah, I mean, at the SCAD Savannah Film Festival in Georgia, it was almost, the screening was almost sold out in the middle of the afternoon in the middle of the week in Georgia, I was shocked. And afterwards, I was swarmed by all of these students at SCAD, you know, who have personal experience and they're struggling. And I think that that it's just an important reminder that people move all over the place. Like even if they didn't get infected in Georgia, or it was the same thing, Mill Valley, California. I mean, most people don't know this, but we know this now having worked on the film. Northern California is there are areas in Northern California that are just as endemic as the Northeast. And that's proven that's backed up by data gathered from the ticks themselves. But when these students were coming to me, we're just, you know, it's such an important reminder that we're moving all over the place. They were from all over the country and who knows where they got infected. They may have gotten infected in their childhood or on vacation during spring break or where, wherever it doesn't matter where someone gets infected, all doctors need to know about this. And I think that that's what was, you know, that's what's so heartbreaking. And in some parts of the country, the doctors in their areas, they won't even acknowledge that Lyme disease exists in that part of the world. And those people have a really hard time getting diagnosed and treated. It's hard even in the Northeast, but when you go to the South, it is a dire situation. So we were meeting these people through the film festivals and, it was it was very sobering. 
Um, I want to get to maybe the economics of it, but first, I, since we're already delved into the film in, in a more substantial way, I want to read the uh, just synopsis of it, the logline, because people watching should know a little bit more about what the quiet epidemic specifically is about. After years of living with mysterious symptoms, a young girl from Brooklyn and a Duke University scientist are diagnosed with a disease that to not exist, chronic Lyme disease. The quiet epidemic follows their search for answers, which lands them in the middle of a vicious medical debate. What begins as a patient story evolves into, into an investigation into the history of Lyme disease, dating back to its discovery in 1975. A paper trail of suppressed scientific research and buried documents reveal why ticks and the diseases they carry have been allowed to quietly spread around the globe. By the way, I also, in that I'm in the Hudson Valley, I, I was telling Chris that I, uh, I also work at a radio station. One of our advertisers, oddly enough, is, and it's usually businesses, but this was a case where it was an individual and his name was Dr. Ken Leaner. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Leaner, right? Leaner. Leaner. Leaner, who, of course, is uh, one of the pioneers, I guess you could say, right, in oh, yeah. the fight to bring not only to, to, I suppose, cure and deal with it, but to also fight against this perception issue that your film grapples with. Yeah, Dr. Ligner is a key part of telling our story. I, I, I applaud him for his courage. <laughs> there are a lot of doctors who know all of the same information that Dr. Ligner knows, but they, they aren't willing to put their reputations on the line and go out and speak to you know, the reality of this disease. So it's pretty amazing that, that he uh, was willing to go on camera with us and say all these things. And, and I think it's been healing for him in a way, I, you know, I, I, he can, he can uh, let me know if this is true or not, but I imagine it's been somewhat healing for him to, to have a, a platform in this way where he feels backed up. He's not alone. He's not the only one out there, you know, and that goes for all of the the people in our film. So many of them have been screaming in the wind for decades. And when you hear it just from people scattered around, sometimes they sound a little um, bizarre. Like it, how could, how could this actually be true? Are these people really onto something? But then when you see everyone together in the film, you see them backed by evidence, you see them backed by science, and the history, which again, most people don't know about. I mean, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into when we started this film. <laughs> and Chris can attest to that too. I remember sitting in your living room, Chris, with you and Penny, and you were like, you know that you're not done yet, right? Like you have a long, you have a long ways to go. And I had I knew that. I, I did know that. But it was just, it was a really deep rabbit hole. And, and I'm really grateful for people like Ligner and other experts to help walk us through that because it, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a, yeah, wow. It's a minefield. <laughs> well, it turns out that it's not only medical experts and uh, related type of experts that are cynics or are cynical or skeptical about Lyme disease. Renowned film critic Owen Gleiberman wrote a review of The Quiet Epidemic Variety. The Quiet Epidemic Review, a documentary about chronic Lyme disease, needs to make the case it does that CLD, which is chronic Lyme disease, exists. Gleiberman, who has been, by the way, on my own podcast a number of times, acknowledges being a former skeptic of chronic Lyme disease. The Quiet Epidemic, the film we're talking about today, has opened his mind. His review joins others on Rotten Tomatoes, where the quiet epidemic's rating is currently 100%. Chris Hedges, any remarks? I feel so 
good that Owen kind of saw the film and really saw what we were trying to do. I mean, it's a, it's a very much a character driven story and we have emotional characters in it, but we've tried to base it with science-based facts so that people are really educated and understand, you know, what Lyme disease is, but also what the problem is and why after 50 years, you know, there's still no um, accurate tasks, tests. Uh, the medical community is still pushing back on a disease that, you know, there's over 500,000 people every year getting Lyme disease and probably, you know, 10 to 20% of them might have lingering symptoms. And yes. You know, so that it's a lot of people and, you know, they're still barely acknowledging it. Um, another another uh, great little point that you sent me, a less flashy, but just as exciting win, the quiet epidemic will screen today. Well, this would have been a few days ago now at the Mount Sinai Icon yeah. School of Medicine in New York City to share this life-saving information with the medical professionals and med students who need it most. The screening will be, the screening was followed by a panel discussion with you, Lindsay, or was it? Chris and I were both there with a doctor from Mount Sinai. Yeah. Oh, great. Talk a little bit, if you would, before we start winding down, just about the impact program, because now the film, actually, as we speak, the film is now available on streaming. It's doing spectacularly well, I think. Uh, you know, this is something that, like we said, you're probably, if you're not directly impacted by chronic Lyme disease or Lyme disease, you are a degree of separation for someone who is. So, it's no wonder that everybody would be interested in streaming this movie. Uh, talk a little bit about the impact program that's associated with. with yeah. This. Well, I'll also add quickly, I think Please. a lot of people are impacted and they don't know it. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> are connected to people who are impacted and they don't know it. Right. Uh, Lyme disease, the test being inaccurate means that people go on to get diagnosed with other illnesses like, well, I'll put other in quotes, other illnesses, illnesses, idiopathic illnesses with no known root cause whose symptoms directly mirror Lyme disease, right? Fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, multiple sclerosis, ALS, Parkinson's, you know, right. nonset mental illness. I was losing my ability to find my way home from work at 26 years old. I couldn't read anymore. Like this illness can impact people in so many different ways. So you know, all of these autoimmune diseases that people are coming down with, I mean, with no explanation, right? I mean, might it be that we just don't have an accurate diagnostic test for Lyme disease and, and other tick-borne illnesses too? So I just want to say that even the people who think, oh, I don't know anyone with Lyme disease, they know 20 people who have an autoimmune disease with no known root cause, right? So again, like it's it's worth watching the film just to understand why the diagnostic test doesn't work. And we could have a more accurate diagnostic test. And I think that that's a really important part of this story. But um, so yeah, the impact campaign, that's why we made this film. The very first meeting I ever took before even meeting my co-director was with the person who is now our impact producer. I went to her first. I was like, this is possible, right? Like yeah. people can make change with movies. And she was like, yeah, do it, go do it. So we, you know, the, the film streaming on, you know, Amazon prime and iTunes and Vimeo on demand. And that's great. But what, you know, we're so excited about these community screenings that are happening, like the, the med school screening that Chris and I were just at. That was amazing. People are signing up around the world to host screenings. We currently have, 
uh, 15 different subtitle translations requests, wow. 15 different languages. So this is not just a Northeast U.S. problem, clearly. Um, requests from 12 different countries, you know, so there's the community screening aspect, which is great. It's bringing people together to meet local allies and, and learn about local resources for those who are struggling to find help and, and just feel alone, or maybe they just want to be informed in the event that someone in their life does come into contact with a tick and, and they get sick. Right. So this isn't just for the people who are currently sick. This is for the people who, you know, this weekend might get bitten by a tick or their child does and they don't know what to do. Um, so that aspect of the campaign is really exciting. Um, the other part of, that we're really excited about is the congressional impact that we are, uh, we're just kicking off now. Chris introduced us to this incredible impact producer strategist named Bonnie Abanza. She's just a powerhouse. And we now have a long list of of. Uh, directives of materials to pull together that we'll be bringing to staffers, you know, clips and our calls to action. And we're working with, you know, trusted Lyme advocates uh, who have been in this world for much longer than we have to come up with like some clear, you know, how do we move the needle on this illness? It's been 50 years, right? So that's the other part of the conversation we're having now. And then I think lastly, and then Chris, if I miss anything, of course, I want to, <laughs> there's just so much. It's, it's so huge. Um, I think what's really special about the film is what Chris mentioned earlier. People are feeling validated, some of them for the first time. So there are a lot of people who are suffering with Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease, or their loved ones are, and they have felt so um, shamed by the medical community. And, and that is real. You know, people are told you're faking it. It's all in your head. You're just trying to get antibiotics. Like who, who just wants antibiotics? Like that, this is one of the arguments, like, you're just like, you just want antibiotics. You're, it's like, like, as if people, especially children don't have better things to do with their lives. Like the, the, these people, the forces that are trying to keep this down are just like grasping for straws here. It's just like kind of sad, honestly. I'm like, of all of the things that you can do on the world stage, like that's the person that you decide to become like on planet earth, like the little time that we have here. It's just, yeah. So anyway, the people who are feeling validated by the film coming forward. You know, like we the film got endorsed by Mark Ruffalo a couple weeks ago and he shared publicly that he's dealt with chronic, you know, I think he used the word persistent, brutal persistent misdiagnosed Lyme disease, right? And it's just it's just that I hope that more and more people, especially people with with public profiles start to come forward and share so that we realize like just how big this is. Just to share where uh, people can uh... <laughs> Website information, social media information. Uh, well, they can find us on um, the website for thequietepidemic.com and get information on the site, not only from us, but from a lot of the larger uh, Lyme organizations that really have put forth on their websites exactly what to do, doctors to see, you know, what to do if you get a tick, about sending ticks in to get tested so you know exactly what bacteria, viruses are on the tick. And they can see it on you know, as Lindsay said, we're on um, Amazon, we're on Apple iTunes and Vimeo. Uh, but people can go on our website if they're a community, they can mount their own screenings. And, um, you know, we're, we're really hoping besides our progressional push to get more 
of the medical community to show the film to doctors, to students, whatever, because they need to have the information. They need to have the conversation to push it forward. You know, just last um, fall, two people in my family got bitten by ticks and each one had a different therapy that was suggested by the doctor. You know, one was the the favored three weeks and one was one pill. So, so much information needs to happen. That is it for this episode. Adam, very quickly, can I just yes. add, so yeah. our, on Facebook and Instagram, oh, yeah, please. we're sharing clips of the film. So it'll give people okay. a little preview and a sense of if it's something that they want to explore more deeply by watching the full-length film. So um, our Instagram handle is at The Quiet Epidemic and on Facebook we're The Quiet Epidemic as well. So there are little teasers there. People can get a sense of what, what uh, story we're telling. And yeah, please, and please share, you know, while you're there watching those clips, share them because that's going to have an enormous impact. Well, thank you both for uh, being on this episode of Let's Talk Film Podcast and Let's Talk Lyme Disease. Don't forget to please uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the like button, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at Woodstock Film Festival. Thank you both really for uh, participating. Uh, Thank thank you you for having us. Yeah. Yeah.